podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. I heard you say to some of your handlers that you are going to fight this decision. What do you intend to do? Uh, just go uh, the way other fighters uh, fight their decisions and they get uh, turned around. I mean, this is uh, it happened to me in the Trinidad fight and uh, I thought I was closer and it happened to me here. Um, I mean, Shane Mosley is a great fighter. He's a great person. He's a, a great uh, uh, all-around human being and I give him all the credit in the world. He's, he's one of the classes uh, acts in boxing. Boxing Asylum listeners and welcome to another episode of Punches from the Past. I'm Steve Wellings. We have an excellent panel with us once again this evening. Uh, Dave Lee, Mr. Kurt Ward and Andy Patterson on the line. And we're going to discuss the rematch between Sugar Shane Mosley and Oscar De La Hoya that took place back in 2003 in the MGM Grand Las Vegas. If you listen to our previous show, you'll know that uh, Sugar Shane obviously won the first fight. You'll be able to go back and listen to all our assessments and what we thought of that one. This one, I think it's fair to say, was a little bit more controversial, whereas most of us thought Mosley was a fair enough winner in the first fight. Um, this one um, really did divide opinion, and most people thought that De La Hoya had managed to get his revenge. In, with uh, three world titles on the line, the judges obviously thought that Sugar Shane had done enough. Ladies and gentlemen, from the MGM Grand of Las Vegas, we go to the scorecards. All three judges, Dwayne Ford, Stanley Christodoulou, and Anek Hongtongkam scored this contest 115 to 113 to the winner by unanimous decision and new Terrible. Say it loud, George. This 
terrible. It is terrible. Uh, so go back and watch this fight if you haven't watched it for a while. Um, guys, just going to throw my two pence worth in first of all. The two fighters were really coming into this in a much different space than they, they were after the first fight. Sugar Shane actually remarkably hadn't had a win in some two years. It dropped decisions. There were um, dubious things flying around about him to regarding performance-enhancing drugs, and he wasn't really in a good place. And Oscar, on the other hand, like I said, Andy, we, we think he was just hard done to, and it, it was one of these decisions after the fight, he said he wanted to get it reversed, which was never going to happen, but just just leading into the fight before we get to, too much into it, I mean, where, where were the two fighters really sitting from your eyes? Um, well, obviously, I think... Uh... Shane, as you say, is, uh, well, he had two fights, as we discussed in the in the first episode, Diaz, Taylor and Stone, sorry, three fights. Then came the Forrest fight, uh, especially the first one. Um, you know, as Higgis Kurt says in the first episode about, uh, about Mosley's chin, everyone knows it's legendary. Um, it was really tested in that, in that second round against Vernon Forrest. I think he was dropped twice. I know he was, he was soundly beaten, but uh, you know, it was against a very, very good operator. How did he get but, through that second round? Though? Oh, it's, mm. it's incredible. That is unbelievable how you got through that. Um, you know, as you say, maybe mentally he was shot, um, or confidence definitely rock bottom. This is the reason, you know, it, you know, it took him many years afterwards to basically even uh, admit to using PEDs, but in 2003 he finally admitted that he'd, uh, he'd been using the cream in the clear, which is some sort of kind of steroid ointment, uh, followed with some injections and some cream and stuff. Um, Oscar, on the other hand, um, you know, we know we've been beat a Probably one of the greatest Spanish fighters of all time, Javier Castillo. But uh, in all honesty, I think you know, he just the fight against Fernando Vargas, even though he was doped up and stuff, that was obviously a, a great rivalry there. Uh, tremendous knockout. And then obviously Yuri Boy Campas, who stopped with seven rounds. Campas probably just, you know, Campas. We, we know what it was about, but it's, I just don't think he was good enough just to kind of get above uh, the, the apex and get on to kind of really elite level. Then came the rematch. Obviously, now, obviously there was a lot of talk. Um, deadlines were set for, uh, for the rematch. Mosley was holding out for more money. I think it ended up settling for a $4.5 million purse. Um, I think the, the way the money was getting split, especially the pay-per-view buys, um, if he would earn additional money if the buys were over 600000 I don't know what the official buys were, but uh, the money was going to get broken down. De La Hoya had been promised uh, a $500,000 bonus from his £12 million plus if Mosley had beat him. So obviously the official decision did come in. I don't know if he actually paid that money. Uh, Mosley would also get a $2.5 million HBO fight, followed by a Bob Arm guaranteed $5 million pay-per-view fight. And if Mosley had lost the fight, actually, HBO would, would, uh, would still do him £500,000 500, comeback fight. Dave, um, Sugar Shane fought uh, five fighters twice throughout his career. De La Hoya was one of them. Back-to-back uh, -back knockout wins over Fernando Vargas was another one. Back-to-back -back losses to Ronald Winky Wright and uh, two uh, differing times of his career wins over Ricardo Mayorga. But coming into this fight, the second fight with De La Hoya, it was the two losses to Vernon Forrest which had really knocked the shine off Mosley. Obviously, he had trouble with him in the amateurs, but he looked like a fighter... Who didn't? We didn't think he could be dominated like that, but Forrest had really knocked the sheen off him when he came into this rematch with De La Hoya. Absolutely. I mean, a lot had changed in the three years since they had previously fought. I mean, De La Hoya, you could argue he was in the form of his career, really. I mean, okay, the Castillo fight, you know, he did what he had to do. It was a fairly dull points victory. But the Vargas fight was scintillating. You know, stopped him in a little of rounds. You know, I thought he looked sensational that night. 
And, you know, he, he looked to have kind of a new lease of life as well under Flight Senior. Now, you can argue about the credentials of Flight Senior, but I think what he did with Oscar was he kind of loosened Delahoy up a lot. Um, you know, Delahoy always had kind of like that tense, somewhat robotic style, and he was a lot looser under Floyd Senior. I suppose one of the drawbacks with that as well is he had more of a relaxed defense and he was getting caught a lot more. I mean, uh, Andy mentioned the Campus fight. I mean, Campus tagged him quite a bit. Uh, or, yeah, no, Campus was never good enough to win that fight, but, you know, and maybe Oscar was a bit complacent. It was just a tune up for the Mosley fight, you know, to be perfectly honest. But, you know, Campus was catching him. It was funny as well, just uh, on the campus fight. It was, I remember one of the uh, selling points, because that actually wasn't pay-per-view, believe it or not, the, the campus fight. One of the selling points of that one was uh, campus was drinking this magic potion in the gym, and it was going to help him to defeat Oscar. That, that's Believe it or not, that's one, that was one of their selling points. The uh, goblet, wasn't it? The mysterious <laughs> yeah, goblet. And, and it was, Aaron, was, was, was Panama Lewis in the camp by any cool. We kept on calling it a goblin. <laughs> Instead of a goblin, but, uh, so I remember on Skype. Even, even Aaron got in the action. You know, he says, oh, I took a sip of that myself, and I could feel myself being revigorated. You know, I was like, oh, you, you oh, imagine that being said to die, I mean. Oh, oh Twitter, Twitter, Twitter would explode. Mm. Twitter would explode. But, um, you know, definitely the shine was taken off, was he? Because, you know, previous to that, he fought um, Raul Marquez, and that ended in an all contest of three rounds. Uh, he didn't look good in that fight. And actually, Marquez made uh, somewhat of an interesting comment as well. I mean, he said that Mosley was fighting, was, uh, fighting scared more. And, you know, to an extent, and not so much in the Marquez fight, because we didn't really see enough of it, but we saw, we saw inklings of that in this fight. He definitely didn't have the same swagger and the same uh, just overall confidence that he had when he was undefeated. I mean, and that's to be expected. As you said, he, he was coming into the fight where uh, he hadn't won a fight in two years. The first, far, I mean, okay, the second fight with Forrest was an absolute stinker. Uh, I, if, if any of you haven't watched it, don't. It's absolutely atrocious. But the first fight, I uh, took an act. Uh, it was just a terrible clash of styles in that one. Um, but you know, the, the first fight, Mosley took an awful shellacking. Uh, the second round, I, I think early in the second round, it was a clash of heads. Uh, and I think that kind of threw Mosley off. But you know, he took some punches in that fight, which you know he, he'd never taken before. And I think it was the first time he was dropped amateur or pro. In, in the in the first Forest fight, so I mean he'd never. I don't think he'd, he'd even tasted his own blood prior to the, the first Forest fight. So everything that could have gone wrong for him went wrong in that Forest fight, and it just completely completely knocked the confidence out of him for a couple of years. Um, but uh, you know, prior to this fight as well, I, I remember the Mosley camp. They were trying to con people saying that Mosley was faster than he was in his lightweight days. You know, they were just—it's like they were trying to pump in this kind of like false confidence into, into Mosley. Uh, you know, just just trying to gm up anywhere possible. Or um, he didn't really get off to a good start. I give Oscar the first four or five rounds. I don't know how you guys saw it, but uh, for me, Mosley just didn't get off to a good start at all, and he just wasn't—he just wasn't letting his hands go. You know, I don't—I don't know what you guys thought of it. He was wild as well. I think whenever he did let his hands go, he, yeah. But, very wild, very wild. Uh, he was just he was off off balance, you know, off target a lot. Oscar was, you know, the thing was there wasn't a, there wasn't a lot of action early on in this fight, but you know, Oscar did seem to be controlling things from the outside. But at the same time, you know, just to play devil's advocate, you know, there wasn't a lot of action in the first five six rounds, and you know, Mosley was was pot shot, and so you know, we'll get into the judges' scorecards in, in a bit, but you you. you you could make an argument that Mosey could have stole a couple of those early rounds and, you know, 
combine that with his later work, you know, it, it, it might have um, swayed the judges somewhat. Interesting as well. Interesting as well. Just thought I brought this up. Uh, prior to the fight, the betting was interesting. You know, Oscar was a solid betting favorite. I think he was like uh, five to two one. Mosley seventy two against, but the draw was only ten to one. I thought that was very interesting at the time because normally, I mean, you get you know twenty five to three to one in the draw. I mean, I think it started at eighteen to one and it came down to ten to one. So you know, the bookies um, maybe they knew something. I don't know. Maybe they did, Kurt. What Dave's alluding to there. If you type in Delahoya Mosley two into Google, then the word fix appears next to it. And I know Dwayne Ford. A lot was levelled at him at the time. There was something a little bit murky around this fight. You know, not not said. Yeah, the thing is, I mean, I'll, I'll go into the scorecards like you said later. But I think going into the fight, Shane. I mean, HBO tried to again, like I mentioned in the first episode. HBO were really up Oscar's ass, I thought, and, you know, he, he did a lot of good work in this fight. It was a, compared to the first fight, you know, it's not exactly one you'll watch time and time again. It was a, a very tactical fight, not a lot happened. The crowd were restless, they weren't very happy during a lot of the the rounds, especially going off the first fight, it was such a great fight. But, you know, when you got two good fighters, you know, as boxing fan, I, I like that, you know, the tactical battle, you know, both of them don't want to make a mistake, they're both trying to implement their game plans. But I just think for Oscar de la Hoya, this was the perfect chance to get revenge on Shane Mosley. I mean, not only is Mosley a completely different fighter now, but he's also moving up in weight again to take on de la Hoya. I know he had, a, I think, he had a fight before, but de la Hoya again is the guy who's the more at the weight. He's had more fights and he's more, you know, ready to fight at that weight. And I think Shane's gone up there to to try and get that fight again, another big payday. But with Mosley in this fight, HBO again tried to make out, you know, this wasn't a different Mosley, this was just a different De La Hoya. Floyd Senior apparently worked wonders and, you know, Oscar was a completely changed fighter. I mean, I didn't really see it. All I saw was for the first six rounds, he was pumping out a jab 30 times a round, which, and he didn't go after Mosley. I think, you know, the Vernon Forest fight showed, you know, you could stick a jab in Mosley's face, Winky Wright showed it to perfection, and stick a jab in Mosley's face, you know, and make it accurate and keep pumping it. Mosley's... Now, why is he going to struggle with that? And you know, especially when it's a good fighter doing it. But I just think, you know, HBO were were really behind him straight away, and they're basically saying, you know, this Mosley. I think it's clear that Shane wasn't the same. You know, I don't think it was just the loss of Vernon Forrest. I think it was that second round absolute beating he took at the hands of Forrest. I think Mosley said himself that you know, before that fight, he'd never ever been hurt. He'd never been been down, you know, inspiring, bigger guys, he, you know, he's a guy who fully believed in his chin, and I think in the first Oscar fight, he knew, you know, he, he could take Oscar's power, but I think once Vernon Forrest, you know, had him all over the place, and really, it's, it's a miracle he got through that fight. Forrest getting through with his long way. Oh, he's got him with the right hand! Forrest, what about this? Mosley shaken up! His gloves go down! Oh, huge up again, another right hand! He's down for the very first time in his life. Four, Amateur or pro, Mosley. Seven. Hey, how you feel, kid? We could have a huge upset here. Mosley could go. And it's only round two. Has Forrest got him here for breakfast? This is incredible stuff. There's 20 seconds left in round two. A dramatic round two. And look at that again. Big right to the temple from Vernon Forrest, he's dangerous with that shot, Mosley sacked against the ropes and goes down on the floor again, and it's going to be counted as a knockdown too, 
Johnson. He's all but knocked out in the round, mostly, and only he knows how he got through it. Just he doesn't know what corner he's going to. He doesn't. He was all but out there. Terrible, terrible, trouble. Then he became vulnerable, you know, in his own mind. He had doubts, and like I said, he wasn't a shot fighter, but I think he was mentally very, you know, worried about being hurt by Oscar, especially moving up in weight, and he was just so tentative those first couple of rounds. I think there is a case for him stealing a couple of them rounds. I mean, I am um, just looking at my notes that I took here. I think there's a case that he, he could have stole um, round three and round five, but I've, I've got no issue with someone giving Oscar the first five rounds. I think you could easily have him Oscar five nil up. But I think there's a couple of rounds there, especially when you're ringside. I don't see it as a fix. I just think, you know, if Oscar's not doing much apart from throwing the odd jab and you've got a guy coming forward land you know and i think he was landing some good body shots now and again but he again like oscar in the first fight he's spending too much time just standing there waiting waiting for a big left hook or a big right hand his dad was constantly telling him you know stop waiting use your feet get close but oscar just completely changed in the first fight he was the one being the aggressor in the second fight, he you know went on the back foot, went behind the jab. The first three rounds, I think Lampley, you know, who loves his compy box, said he'd thrown about 90 yard jabs in the first three rounds, which, you know, I think you can. That's the perfect game plan. But as usual with Oscar, it, it starts to fade, and once he starts to fade, the jab seems to disappear. And once the jab disappears, a guy like Mosley, you know, started to have more success, even though I only gave him one round in the fight where it was absolutely clear that he won the fight, that he won the round. I think there is a case that he could have stolen, not necessarily stolen, but taken a few rounds, basically because Oscar really could have stepped on the gas, but really didn't. He had a, I think he had a vulnerable fighter in front of him, a fighter who didn't, wasn't really sure what game plan to employ. Was thrown off by Oscar's going on the back foot and jabbing, and was also in his back of his mind wary about taking big punches. And I think Oscar kind of blew it because there were just so many rounds where not much happened. And you think, well, I'll give it to Oscar. He landed a few jabs in that round, but just not a lot of action and as usual with Oscar I think he faded and I think the last four rounds there's a case we made that Shane could have taken all four even though I didn't personally give him that I think you could and then you know you only have to find two more rounds to get it a draw I, I, I don't see how he could have won the fight to be honest I think that's too unfair on Oscar but I can definitely see he's been a lot closer than the, the outrage that happened over it there were some um, out of sorry uh, Steve no go ahead uh, go ahead yeah, just to say, I, there, there was some um, out-of-character stuff from Mosley in the fight as well. It wasn't there, Kurt. I mean, I, I think round in particular, I mean, he was going in with the head a lot. He was pushing with the glove. You know, stuff you wouldn't normally see from Mosley. I think that kind of um, indicated that... Um, caused the cut, wasn't it, though? That's what, you know, a headbutt caused the cut. Yeah, the headbutt caused the cut. I think that was the eight-round jab. But, you know, I think, I think it, was just, it was just an indication of, uh, you know, growing... Uh, Frustration from Mosley. Desperation. You know, that he, well. he was just stalking, yeah. looking. He was like he was stalking, just looking for a big punch, as if he was like a monster puncher, and he, he just like he had no idea. He just thought, well, if I can land one, maybe I can hurt him. He was erratic, wasn't he? I think I was. I was going to make a similar point. He's very erratic, and even coming into the fight, I mean, like you said, Kurt, vulnerable would be a good word for him because he just wasn't the same sort of guy. I mean, they'd put on the Real Marquez fight that Dave mentioned, really as a sort of unofficial eliminator. It was to ease him into the De La Hoya fight. They were hoping he was going to look good, and he didn't look good at all. He really stumbled over the line towards this fight. Mosley was not in a good place. Absolutely, and Steve, you just mentioned there, I mean, he hit, it, hit the nail on the head. He stumbled over that Marquez fight, and Andy mentioned it earlier on. I mean, he, he it looked like at one stage, Mosley was kind of pricing himself out of an Oscar De La Hoya rematch. I mean, 
he was getting um I think I think it was something like four point two million dollars for the fight initially, but he demanded another one point two five million and Aaron basically told him where to go. I mean and you know, you have, you have to be honest, okay, Mosley won the first fight, but he was coming off the back of a no contest and two draws I mean, two draws, a, a no contest and two bad defeats to uh Vernon Forest. So you're you know, where else was he gonna get that kind of money? Nowhere. He, he actually priced himself out of a trilogy fight with De La Hoya as well. He, he, he wanted parity with De La Hoya and obviously that was never going to happen. I mean, technically he won two decisions over De La Hoya, so in his mind he felt, well, I deserve the same as you. But, you know, obviously the second fight was controversial and Mosley just wasn't on that level. And I think he took a massive, massive pay cut to, to fight Winky Wright, I believe, and we all know what happened there. Didn't De La Hoya have to add some kind of agreement whereas there was money exchanging hands out of the purses for the victor, you know, the way yeah. I'll give you, say, a is that how much yeah, it was? 500,000. Yeah, 500,000. Yeah. 500, yeah. 500, yeah. 500, but to be fair, though, it was, it was a huge fight. I mean, just for people, you know, who may not have been around or may, may not have been following boxing at the time, this was a huge event in Vegas. I remember at the time, you know, thousands of people around Vegas couldn't get into the fight, were priced out. And it was kind of similar deal to... Your, your, your Mayweather fights, your Pacquiao fights, you know, there was thousands of people all around the strip watching the various closed-circuit events. It had the feel of a really big event. Just, uh, well, I'll just quickly give my take on the fight. I mean, as I say, as, uh, I think I gave the first four rounds, as I say, to Oscar. Uh, he just basically outboxed Shane. I think Shane did slightly hurt him in the first round, actually. But, you know, I just thought Del Hall's jab, boxing, movement and stuff like that, he was, he was, I thought he was pretty much on point. Um, you know, Shea would let his hand go from time to time. I, was, I just noticed here that it was actually the fourth round uh, with, with the headbutts and stuff. That's, his, yeah, that's, that's, that's when right. the, the cut was caused. You know, maybe kind of quiet in the fifth. But what I will say is actually, you know, people will say that Oscar probably did tire late and stuff. But you need to remember, I don't know if you remember, round nine, Oscar got hurt with a, with a straight right hand to the uh, pit of the stomach oh, or in the ribcage. And he he felt that shot because he, he backed off badly and Shane was really trying to put it on him at that point. And he really did, did try and work the body. If you look at the, the way the 10 started, it was quite quiet. And uh, the, 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 this is where it's kind of key on my scorecard, actually, because uh, I did think you know, what, that being a quiet round, you, you actually seen Joe Cortez telling him midway through that round, you know, start fighting. You know, come on, guys, you know, you need to start throwing punches here. And then also kicked into gear in the last 30 seconds, I felt, and that was enough to kind of win, uh, win in the round. And I, I don't want to get Jim Lampley about it here, but if you just look at the punch stats, and if those are, say, even 90% accurate, then really Oscar should have walked away with his hand held there. I think Shane got more desperate as the fight went on. His dad was really telling him, you know, you need you need to do something there. And he really started working the body and he was landing some good shots. I actually noted as well, the best punch in the fight I felt was Shane Mosley's right hand in the twelfth round, which really caught Oscar well and Oscar yeah. you know, took it, I mean obviously yeah. he took it really well as well, but it was a great shot and probably one, you know, in a lot of people's mind, one in the, the round and you know, he closed it pretty well. It's it just but the way you know we can tell from fighters who believe they're winning and who not. You know, we we mentioned before Delahoya Trinidad. Trinidad was a desperate man. He knew that he you know he needed to really take try and get the rounds in or try and get a knockdown or a knockout. And I think in this fight you could see that Oscar knew that you know he probably banked a lot of the rounds. And you know Shamos was like a deranged man, just swinging, going to the body, just trying to land big shots because he knew that you know he had to do something and his dad actually told him you know for the last round you, you need a knockout you need to put this guy out because you know he felt that he, you know he couldn't you know he couldn't win the fight on points and uh, that's why yeah. you know I, I i could see a draw in the fight but i just don't see i don't see a Marsley victory 
As a contrast as well, Floyd Senior, I think, told De La Hoya to go out and box in the 12th round, so that was where his head was at. Yeah, no, I think yeah, I, I, that's right, though, from De La Hoya, because obviously from the Trinidad fight, he, he would have known, you know, no, I can't do that, you know, he, Oscar tried to fight as well, I think that was right for him to do that, because, you know, he, just because Oscar De La Hoya has proven, you know, you just, you don't, you don't get a close decision all the time. I thought he outworked De La Hoya in the last round, though, Mosley. I gave him yeah. the last round. Especially, as, um, as you say, Kurt, that, that, that right hand, a very, very long right, right hand, hand. huge long right hand. Really, really, uh, really stunned Oscar. But the uh, repertoire between um, Jack Mosley and Shane Mosley, I didn't think was good all, sh- all throughout the fight. There's a number of rounds there, especially at the end of the sixth round, where you know, Jack Mosley's very downtrodden, and he's looking at Shane, and he says, look, you don't let your hands go, Shane, you're going to lose the fight. And, you know, that's not really you know, great encouragement from, you know, to, towards, towards Shane, really, is it? You know, I mean, I, I, I don't know. I, I don't know at that point in time where the two of them were at. It didn't look like they had kind of a great relationship. Maybe no. I'm being much into things. But, yeah, I um, think you're right, Dave. I think you're right. Yeah. Because in one of the rounds, I mean, he lands a body shot, good body shot, but I think Jack tells him, you know, he almost quit that round. It was like just trying anything to try and get Shane thinking, oh, I was that close to quitting, for getting him to quit, you know, I've still got a chance there. And it was like he was saying things to him in between rounds, and at one point, even HBO picked up on it where Shane said, that won't work because, you know, I can't do this because he's too quick, or, he, you know, he questioned it, he said, you know, I can't. there's no point doing that, it won't work, and... You know, he wasn't even believing the advice he was given, and it was only when I think the ninth round, which is the, cl- the clearest round for Shane, obviously it's an easy round for him. I think that's only when himself it clicked that maybe I can win this fight, and that's when he really goes after the lawyer and just I don't know, he he, he slightly like needed that bit of confidence that he you know maybe could hurt the lawyer or you know get some confidence back himself that he hadn't had for since the Vernon Forest fights. I think Jack was having a, a negative effect on Shane's career at this point, and especially even from the early rounds, like Dave said, he was he was very downbeat from a very early stage. I thought, uh, you know, and panicking almost t- a little bit that, too early. That could be him just coming off a drug zone, mate. You know, it was him trying to kind of, you know, basically withdraw symptoms, basically yeah, very edgy. Yeah. yeah. But even in the eleventh round, I mean, I thought Mosley nicked that round in the last minute because I thought it was a fairly quiet round, especially for the first two minutes. And I thought Mosley came on strong the last minute, and I just I, I thought he shattered that round. But at the end of that round, which I had scored from Mosley, Jack Mosley was telling Shane, "You're letting Oscar see all these rounds." Shane, he's still in the rounds. From you. you have to jab him. You're not using the methods. We worked on that. You're not on your toes. I mean, you know, it's. It, it, I don't know. I don't know where where Jack's mindset was coming from, but you know, I think he needed. I think Shane needed a bit more encouragement to what he was getting at the corner, and a bit more tactical advice as well. To be quite honest I, with you, I think he, he was trying to to get Mosley to you know, you letting him still around. You need to do something, giving him like trying to get him to move into gear. But I just think at that point he just looked discouraged, and I think he he, he needed to be told you've done well that round, you know, but you need to step. It. I, I just don't think he. He had that confidence, you know, his, his dad, you know, he needed something from his dad to say, you know, you, you're doing all right here, that's a, that's a much better round, but he never really got it, which, you know, from the train, I can't really knock him because, you know, they, they had a successful career up to that, you know, up to that point, and, you know, he felt what he was, did what he felt best, but I thought, you know, at, for the last few rounds, I, I did feel he was motivating Shane pretty well, and he was, he, he was putting in his mind that he could 
do it, and it was only when Shane actually believed himself that he he went for it. The night round, as you mentioned, was a huge was a huge round. Yeah. wasn't it? I mean, that body shot really took the wind out of Oscar Sales. I mean, at one point in that round, Oscar or Mosley rather was actually teeing off on on, on um, Oscar Deloya. I mean, he couldn't miss with the shots. I mean, it, and it looked at, it looked at that point that we were seeing a turn of the plate. But ten round, Mosley didn't really build in it, did he? No, I mean, I thought no. I thought quiet. Top Mosley was quiet, and when he did work, his work was very ragged. And I actually gave that over to Delahoya. Here's the thing as well as you know. Again, as we mentioned in the first episode, there are people who actually questioning Delahoya's stomach for a fight. You know, as you say, he was badly hurt in the ninth round, but I felt he came back. Even though it wasn't pure action, it was, it was a very cagey fight. It was mainly fought in the centre of the ring and stuff. But if you look at rounds 10 and 11, I think if you look at Oscar at times and stuff, he was willing to stand in there and let his hands go and fight back. Yeah. Last round as well, as Kurt mentioned, you know, he he went out there um, you know, exchanging with Mosley. I mean, I mean, you can't you can't question Oscar's um, no. inner but, steel. I mean, he, he's a proper fighter, true and true, isn't he? Yeah, and. Um... What I found interesting as well was, despite HBO, you know, basically calling the fight an easy victory, you know, at the end, Lederman only had it 115-113 because he had Shane yeah. basically storming the last few rounds. Mm. And also, Lampley even, you know, said that, I think in the telegram... CompuBox, oh my God. Said, yeah, he basically said, though, that if Shane took the last uh, three rounds, he could see a conceivable way that he wins on the scorecards. Now, Larry Merchant disagreed, but I was actually surprised... Um, Lampley said that and he was proven right. He kept saying, I've seen Stranger, I've seen Stranger over and over again, didn't he, before yeah, and after the, the scorecards? His, his narrative really was, I think it was, I think it was early in the fight, and anyway, it might have been slightly later in the fight, that, you know, he was just, he was forming his opinion as to why the judges would score it for Mosley rather than Oscar. And I was just like, you know, yeah. but he was also making, make, this is, the, it was one of those fights reason why I hated Lampley for a while, because he always formed an opinion mainly based on CompuBox. Yeah, yeah I mean, was, can, I mean, he, he, that was his job, I suppose, yeah. to spew them out. Oh, well, Kellerman yeah. does it a little bit as well. well Tommy Box never tells you. Never really. It doesn't mean anything, does it? I mean, someone no. can land hundred pat punches, and one guy could land ten absolute monster punches. I mean, what does it matter at the end of the day? I, I just don't trust them anyway. Some guy just pressing a button every time a punch they think a punch lands, because we've seen many times. You know, people at ringside can see a fight completely different to our people on TV. So how can you trust someone sitting at ringside? You know, we know how fast some guys are and they're punching. They can't get, they can't be accurate. And to me, I don't think it. You know, people who use these as a proof of a guy winning the fight. I mean, it's up there with people using, oh, the guy had, you know, a cut face as a reason why he lost the fight. It's, it's ridiculous. <laughs> yeah, I mean, do you know it? Comfy box is, Kurt. It's a fun stat. You know, it's fun to look at these stats, but you know. To use them on the basis of someone winning a fight, absolutely ridiculous. Yeah, I think it, it was a fun stat, but now it's become very tired, especially when Lampley's using it still to this day, 2016, every single round. There's a, oh, he had a good round, he landed nine power shots to this guy's, you know, four power shots. I mean, and then he's already, it's like he's trying to brainwash the, the, the viewer into going how he wants it to be. Yeah, I mean, like yeah saying, well, I'm not telling you what to think here, but just look at these stats, just saying, 
No. I'm not telling you what to think, but this guy is fighting this guy's fight. He's really, you know, this is not his game plan. He's not comfortable. He's, he was hurt by that. I hate, I hate when a commentator tells you a fighter was hurt when there's no, you know, we, we know when a fighter's hurt. Sometimes a fighter hides it well as well. We don't know. But when you don't know it, and it's hard to say, I don't like someone telling me, oh, that guy was hurt, because it's already trying to plant it in your mind. Oh, well, let's score around to that guy then. He just hurt him. Well, what proof was that? He, didn't, he was firing back. He wasn't. He didn't show any feelings of being hurt. But it's just uh, it's a bad habit a lot of them got. And it's not just HBO. You know, we've, we've had this quite a few years. Absolutely. Well, you know, getting back to the scoring of this fight, I mean, I mentioned off air to you guys. I mean, this is my first time properly scoring this fight since probably the initial initial viewing of the fight and I've had it I had this a lot closer than what I first had it I only had Oscar Delahaya winning one one five one one three. I think the key is the first six rounds isn't it I mean Oscar definitely got the better of, of the first half of the fight but yeah. there were some rounds as Kurt mentioned earlier on where not a lot was happening you know the third round I think you know Kurt uh, flagged that as well that's a round that could have been given for Mosey. Now, I gave it to Oscar, but De La Hoya was a bit negative in that round, and Mosey was finding the home for a few right hands. So, you know, if I'd given him that round just for instance, and I'm playing devil's advocate here, I, I would have had it 1-1-4, 1-1-4. You know, I draw. You know, so it, it, and just, it, just, just to give it another slant as well, but at the same time, to give it a draw or to give the fight to Mosley, you'd have to give the benefit of the doubt and all the close rounds to Mosley, and I don't think that's just either. I'm not sure how you guys feel about it. I think with robberies, I mean, you know, I think when you have a, a, a fight where others cries a robbery, I think you, when you watch a fight back, you say, well, do you know what, I, you know, for instance, in this fight, you could say, I think Oscar won the fight, you know, I think he won eight rounds, but how many rounds could you give Mosley and I think there is quite mm. a few rounds I think you know if you watch a fight and you say this guy clearly won seven rounds there's no way he didn't win these seven rounds everyone sees it then it's a robbery mm -hmm. because the guy can't win unless he's dropped him a few times but I think in a close fight like this there is a lot of these fights where people claim robbery you could see six rounds that you know because a guy will always take the odd clear round but there's rounds where not much happens and it's just the way you know, you view it, you know, some people have a personal bias because they, they like the particular fighter or or they don't like the particular fighter and they can use it like that. But I think in this case, at the time, yeah, that you could see why. Like I say, if, if you just switched out to this fighter, just watched it as a, you know, on the sofa, just wanting to enjoy a fight, you'd say, that that's Oscar's fight there. He, he, he deserves a win. But when you actually sit down and score it, you could say, well, Mosley, they, they, they could be rounds. Mosley could be technically stealing. Absolutely. It doesn't seem like... You know, Mosley wouldn't have went home, I don't think, feeling like he deservedly won the fight. But, you know, and I think Oscar would have been obviously the more disappointed, but I think there could be a case, even though it doesn't seem right. That's just the way the, the sport and the rules are. It seemed closer Still to me. It seemed closer to me this time, actually. I've gone, I remember watching at the time on Sky, I remember Ian Dark was commentating 13 odd years ago, and I'd always had it in my head that it was a big robbery, and Delahoya definitely won. I've revised my opinion slightly. I still think De La Hoya won the fight, but it did seem closer this time upon revision, actually sitting down and watching it and analysing it. I did feel it was a closer fight, and if you score in a 115-113 in my book, there's always the, the avenue for, well, I suppose, you, you know, in a fight like that in the first six rounds, you could swing back. It takes a stretch for me. 
but I could see maybe it wasn't. But the fact that all three judges had it all scored this, exactly the, more or less the same that's way, hard. the same scores, you know. I mean, afterwards, also, my old friend George Foreman said, that's absolutely terrible. This is not what you want boxing to be. But it, it, it didn't feel like that sort of outrage for some reason this time around. Well, also, Steve, uh, consensus ringside scoring had Mosley winning 16 to 8. So, really? you know, that's not, yeah, that's another, that's another side of the coin, you know. So the ringside reporter 16 and, and had him winning. I think that's that's the problem with a guy who's basically working behind a jab. It's it's not you know it's not a, a ramrod jab. It's just a jab to keep the guy off, keep the distance. And the other guy's you know landing body shots. He's coming forward. He's swinging. There's one guy looking like he's desperate for the win, especially in the later rounds. And one guy looks like he's using a jab to just trying you know get through the rounds. And you know it's it's hard to say. But at ringside, you know Miles is the guy who's looking forward. I mean, like I said, I don't see. How Mosley won the fight. I don't think he deserved to win the fight, but I can definitely see him still in the draw. I can, I can see that. And but I felt that Oscar, Oscar deserved a nod in this one, to be honest. What about you, Andy? How did you score it? I had it one sixteen, one twelve to to Oscar. Now, as I say, I gave you the wrong. I had it one seventeen, one eleven initially. But when I was reading my notes and I checked my my, my scorecard app on my phone, I'd actually accidentally gave the, the twelve to Oscar. Obviously, that told Mosley. <laughs> Mosley won the twelve. Obviously, so I just double checked the notes. Uh, yeah, I, I, as I said, I think early doors, uh, Oscar was basically the boss. Um, probably just kind of took the fifth round off, but I did think he'd come back and win the sixth and seventh. Uh, the ninth, sorry, the eighth and ninth were clear Mosley rounds, especially the the, the ninth. As, as as I say, as the tenth and eleventh, I think that Oscar really does show, you know, he was a fighting man. He, he did have that, that inner steel. He was willing to go places and stuff, but uh, he obviously he got badly rocked or or, or stunned by the, that long right hand of Mosley, which I gave a tenth the most. So one sixteen, one twelve, my scorecard for for Oscar. Um, I couldn't get it any closer than that. Um, so I can't really see. One thing I would like to know, Steve, is I, I know how you mentioned it about Dwayne Ford. You know, Dwayne Ford had it 150, 113 to Mosley. Um, I did notice after the fight, uh, Mark Ratner, who was the the, the the Nevada commissioner at the time, says they're honest men and they scored the fight the way they did. To me, there is no controversy. So just wondering, you know, what did you, what do you know about Dwayne Ford back in that time? Was there not some whole fuss afterwards? Was was Bob Arum's offices not raided or something? And there was a whole big scandal on the back of this. Am I right? The FBI did they not get involved at some point? Was it this fight or was it a different one? I can't back that up, guys, unless you lot can remember. I'll need to go and check that one out. I remember, I remember now the FBI being involved, but I, I, I don't think it was. I don't know if it was this fight or no. Eh? I th yeah, I think the Dwayne Ford thing was just conjecture off the record. I don't think anything on the record was ever levelled at, at Dwayne. Yeah, I mean, don't, I don't. There wasn't. There wasn't an investigation into this fight. There was. There. I know Oscar called for one, but there, I don't think there was. Was it not mentioned in some kind of investigation later on down the line? I can't really remember. Let's see if I can find it. Wasn't that for the Balco being Mosley being on the cream and the clear? Was that not investigation? Quite possibly. I could be getting mixed up. If if guys are listening and they can remember, then then please let us know. I mean, the only high-profile fight around that time would have been a couple of years earlier that they had an investigation was the uh, Foreman Briggs fight. I mean, I know that was subject to an investigation, but I don't think there was an actual investigation carried out in the uh, Mosley De La Hire match. In this fight, though, what a comment that I found interesting was a Merchant at the start when he said... Um... When they met three years ago, there were young lions uh, fighting for... Local pride in Los Angeles. Now they are 
Mature Lions fighting for survival. These guys looking like they they come to the end of their careers and you know they see what what will happen after this fight and it's interesting 2004 you know <laughs> uh, Mosley would lose twice to Winky Wright the first fight really dominantly lost and De La Hoya would have a really really poor performance against Felix Sturm and everyone knows Sturm deserved the win in that fight and he mm -hmm. would perform pretty well against Bernard Hopkins to be fair before getting stopped with you know that that body shot that we all know so you know it, it was a true point about survival you know even though Oscar De La Hoya was still in obviously massive fights and Shane Miles would still get good wins you know this was you know probably them at their the, the last time they were at their best I'd say or supposedly the best well, as you mentioned in the, in, in the last, sorry, Dave, as, as Kurt was mentioned actually in the last episode, I had the box rex up in front of me. These were the golden days. I mean, from that 2000 to 2004 period, you've got De La Hoya fighting Mosley twice. He fights Gatti. As Andy said, Castillejo. I mean, Castillejo wasn't great, but as an interim fight, pretty damn good. He settles the score with Vargas, fights Sturm, and then goes on to, to fight Hopkins. Whereas Mosley... He also has the two fights with De La Hoya, two fights with Vernon Forrest, two fights with Ronald Winky Wright. I mean, you know, this was the time, really was a, a very good era for boxing. And he still went up and beat a prime, probably, Antonio Margarito. Pushed Cotto close as well. You know, we know Cotto was, was always, like, you know, he would always gaslight, especially at welterweight and stuff. But you would probably say at that time, that was when Cotto was at, he was at his absolute peak, at his prime. Um, until, you know, the dawn of Mexican boxing beat it out of him. Right, uh, <laughs> glorious, glorious fight. And then obviously the Shane Mosley, uh, the, sorry, the Floyd Mayweather fight, but obviously he was meant to fight Berto. Uh, the tragedy that happened in Haiti, so he was out of the ring for the best part of 14 months. That's so all, right, the, yeah. all, all the momentum he had off that Margarito victory was lost going into that Mayweather fight. And he still, you know, gave all boxing fans a huge, you know, you know what the fuck moment when he badly hurt Floyd Mayweather, yep. you know, during that second round. So, like you said, it was a shame that he couldn't get that fight off the back of Margarito because after that, he, the momentum was really with him. And I, uh, maintain it, I think he would have did a job on Andre Berto, who's, you know, I've always said was overrated, and maybe he could have done a bit more. But you know, I, you know, you can't really see him ever beating Floyd Mayweather, to be fair. But it was a shame he couldn't get that big fight straight off the back of that brilliant performance against Margarito. Well, the fight was on the fight was on the table from was the uh, Mayweather fight in two thousand six, wasn't it? After the second Vargas fight, I think like the November date that Mayweather eventually fought Valdemar on that was there for Mosley, but I don't think he wanted it. I think he was, mm -hmm. he was asked about it. He was asked about it in the post fight interview with Ver, uh, after the Vargas, and he said something like, "I need a vacation," and he, he mentioned something as well, which kind of kind of came back to haunt him on the forums at least. Was that uh, oh, my tooth my tooth's a bit loose? I need to get it fixed for the dentist. <laughs> uh, I have nothing else to add before we close out guys so if you do then jump in there we'll give our scores I think I think Andy gave his score already um, did Kirk give his score yeah I, I, I draw, I draw. Mine was I the same as I yours don't. Dave I think 115 or 13 115 113 I think the only round myself and Andy disagree on is the 11th round now I initially scored that for Delahaye I'm pretty sure I did but this time I give it to Mosley I just think in the last in the last minute I thought Mosley just stole it thought the first two rounds were a bit, a bit too quiet I thought two of them kind of nullified each other uh, but they both had their successes I think that I really did think some of Mosley was landing some heavy shots but 
Oscar rallied as well, you know, and yeah. I don't know, I suppose, you know, you pay the money, take your choice, you know, I suppose it's, it's really what you nice. like at the end of the day, you know. As I, as, as I said, the first time I gave it to De La Hoya and this time I gave it to Mosey, it just goes to show, you know, the whole <laughs> sub- subjectivity of, of this, of scoring. Okay, guys, uh, thanks very much. Um, if you haven't watched the uh, Oscar De La Hoya Shane Mosley rematch, I'd encourage you to do so. Go off and find it on YouTube. Um, it, it's definitely there. And let us know what you thought over on Twitter. Tell us how you scored it, uh, what your thoughts were watching the um, watching the fight in retrospect. And uh, obviously you listen to this on iTunes, so please drop us a rating and review. And also, if you have any recommendations for any future fights that you would want covered on, on this series, on this show, then get in touch and we'll definitely consider them. Um, we're open to considerations and offers and we want to look at plenty more fights, even going back into the distant past as well. Um, give us a shout up on Facebook as well. We'll obviously post all the links there and on the reg- regular forums and stuff. If you have any requests or any recommendations, we're open to listen to that, guys. Um, I've been Steve Wellings, and thanks to Andy Patterson, Kurt Ward, and Dave Lee for jumping on with me as well. Um, and we'll catch you in another episode of Punches from the Past. Thanks, guys. Podcast Network.